Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So the oil prices, at least per barrel, that's come down. We were at $139 a barrel. We're at 105 right now in the Brent crude, 101.5 on the West Texas. People would feel good if we slipped under $100 a barrel. But it hasn't changed inflation. And it's not going to. Gas got to, what was it, 443 a gallon in the United States? That was the average. Yes, yes, I said five. I don't know if, I, if we're done just yet, so let's see if I'm right. I mean, if it takes nine months to get to five, no, I wasn't right. I just got lucky. It's like when the Biden administration says inflation is transitory. Well, if you keep saying it's transitory, right? Like somehow it, 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 it's not going to last. If, if it ends two years from now, what do you, you get to claim that you were right, Jen Psaki? said this is temporary. You know, you've, you've noted before that inflation is going to wane or is expected to wane by the end of the year. Is that still your belief? These, that continues to be the projection of the Federal Reserve, of outside economists, and we really rely on them for their projections. But there is also no question that uh, inflation may be higher for the next few months than it would have been without, the Russia, without President Putin and Russia's further invasion into Ukraine, particularly due to higher energy prices. And obviously they will watch that, and we are watching that. But that is definitely having an impact. Yes, we are watching it too, and the inflation is not temporary. It's here. It is the number one subject amongst Americans, according to Rasmussen. I know. Tony, you don't believe in polls. What the hell are you giving us a poll for? Well, wait till you read it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. How you doing? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Would love uh, to hear from you. Specifically, has inflation changed the way you move forward? Has it changed the way that you shop? Has it changed the way you are looking at your spending in the next month, three months, six months? It has for me, for sure. And unquestionably, it has for me. Rasmussen did a poll and they said, all right, here are our top six midterm election issues. And on this list... I mean, I, I won't even give you the percentages. Here's just a list in no particular order. School issues, COVID-19, illegal immigration, election integrity, violent crime, and inflation. So the question is, in what order do we, do we put these? I mean, you, you could at this stage of the game. I, I think you really could just make a pretty cool game out of it all. What, how do people view these issues six issues that could shape an election and number six on the list COVID-19 if you have a top six list and the last thing on the list is COVID-19 that's really bad news for the progressives that's very very bad news if you're trying to tell them still that it matters so much TSA is going to extend mask mandates another month People still want to scream at you for not wearing a mask in a a, a building. 
Meanwhile, all of America is like, we're cool. Thank you. Everybody's moved about their day. They've moved about their business. They've said, you know what? We're, we, we've got this covered. I mean, oh, there's still some people out there, you know, worried and scared. And they, they can if they choose to be. If, if they choose to be worried and scared, they can go about being worried and scared. The rest of America isn't. And when it's number six on the list, well, then you got to ask yourself, well, what are the top five? Number five on the list, illegal immigration. That's not good for the progressives. Number four on the list, school issues. I'm assuming that has to do with the critical race curriculum being taught in schools. And you ask me, why do I call it critical race curriculum? I forgot who said it first. I will admit I wasn't the one who said it. But what I love about it is it so fits what we're talking about. What we've discussed here is that critical race theory. When we discuss it, we're discussing all the things that are going on, and we refer to it as critical race theory. So somebody smarter than I said, you know what, we'll just change the terminology. You want to just pretend that critical race theory is taught on the college level and how and it's a legal theory and how dare we think it's in schools? Okay, we'll talk about critical race curriculum. There. Done. Done and easy and finished. Now what? Now what do you want to do? Of course it's being taught. I have got some stories about this that I will get into. And of course, these school issues are big ones. Not only the critical race curriculum, but the woke, 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 thinking that boys can be girls or girls can be boys and young women on sports teams just have to suffer competing against boys and losing. And if they have a problem with it, well, then they're just bigots. That, that is the position of adults. Never mind those who are totally fine with sexualizing children. Said it, I meant it, and I will get into more of that. Number three on the list, according to Rasmussen, is election integrity. 83% said it was important. 62% very important. Compared to um, the school issues where they said 76% were concerned and 58% were very concerned. Number two on the list is violent crime. 88% concerned, 61% very concerned, which means, as we started, number one on this list from Rasmussen, of the top midterm election issues is inflation. The same 88% concerned, 62%, just a tick higher, 62% very concerned. Inflation and violent crime are the one-two punch. Tell me how progressives fight that. Well, I can tell you. I can tell you how progressives fight it. And the answer is the only thing they have in the playbook, ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump. The, the administration wasn't aggressive enough, in my opinion, in pushing back on the red herrings. The red herrings like it's because you didn't build the Keystone XL pipeline. And I remind them one of the first things Donald Trump did was give the permit. And in four years, the pipeline didn't get built. Why not? Because it wasn't it wasn't economical to build that pipeline in those price points. What they, they argue that this is because of inflation, runaway inflation. Who drove up inflation? We saw the CBO numbers this week. It was the Trump administration that overspent and drove up inflation. So if inflation in prices and housing and in gas is because of deficit spending, that's Trump's fault. That is the former senator from North Dakota, Heidi Heitkamp. Democrat. And there's a reason why she's the former senator. This is 
the 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 blame Trump game is out of control. But it's all they have. I just shared with you what Rasmussen discovered as the top six midterm election issues. None of those work in favor of the progressives. So what else can you do? You simply change the game. You change the game and you say, blame Trump. You change the game and you say, yes, he's guilty. See, he did all the spending. See, he brought all these problems. Everything was fine if it wasn't for him. This is out of the playbook that they used during the days of Barack Obama when they took seven years to blame everything on George Bush. Oh, the economy, George Bush's fault. Always George Bush's fault next. And that's what happened. And this is what they're doing now. But the rational mind knows that this is not real, just like they know that hashtag Putin price hike is not real. Putin price hike. Nothing has made me more angry than that. That lie. That whole bunch of hot garbage. Putin price hike. Oy. Gas prices are up. It's true. Like 73 cents. 79 cents over the past two weeks. But if we're now at 4.43 a gallon, And we were, and we are a dollar fifty-four higher now than we were this time last year. So let's just call it a buck sixty, just to 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 make it easy. We were up seventy-nine cents over the last two weeks. That means we were up seventy-nine cents over the last year. Are we going to pretend that didn't happen? Are we going to pretend all those empty shelves didn't happen? Are we going to pretend the price of meat didn't happen? Are we going to pretend the price of an airline ticket didn't freaking happen? Out of control. And that's why inflation is a bigger story than Ukraine. And I am not arguing that Ukraine isn't a story. I've got some updates uh, for you. And, uh, and President Zelensky is going to address Congress virtually on Wednesday, I believe it is. I think it's a 9 a.m. speech. I, I'll, I'll bring you the clips. I'll bring you the highlights. Because I don't know if he'll be speaking directly, meaning in, in his English, or they'll be utilizing a translator. I don't know. So so it's not the kind of thing where I'm going to bring you the totality of the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll share the clips with you uh, as, they, as they come across. But the inflation part is our everyday life part, and that's being affected by things that have nothing to do with the Russian invasion. It's costing the average American household approximately $300 a month. The exact number from Moody's, $296.45. That's a month. Kids, that's people's savings. That's the money they could have put into savings that they're not. That's the money that's in savings that they're now taking out, eating away at the savings they may have received during COVID when they weren't going out. Yeah, it's a bigger issue. It is a massive, massive issue. Consumer price index uh, over the past six months rose 2.5%. And that was, there was an increase of 0.8% in February before Russia invaded Ukraine. That's the big one. Before Russia invaded Ukraine. Which, of course, the politicos and a lot in the media, they don't want to uh, address. 
they don't want to address it was before Russia invaded Ukraine. But it's kind of hard to deny. CNN has even admitted these high prices. This isn't about Russia. Breaking here just moments ago, brand new numbers on inflation. So let's get straight to CNN chief business correspondent, Christine Romans. All right, what do they say, Christine? They say that inflation is accelerating. These are pre-war numbers as well. So many people had thought we'd see a peak in inflation in March, maybe. Well, now we have a war in Russia not captured, a war in Ukraine not captured here uh, year over year. The numbers are up regardless of what's happening. Wait till we see what those numbers are. They can blame Putin all they want, and Putin's guilty of a lot of things. This inflation is all Democrats. They can blame it on Trump all they want. What's imperative for us is to push back on that narrative. You want to argue Trump spent too much? Fine by me, because he did. But I've got billions and billions of dollars pushed by the progressive left into the economy because of COVID, thinking they could buy their way out of a problem because they're Keynesians and they're all damn fools. And what we've got is too much cash and not enough stuff. Supply chain is all on them. Lack of ability to fix supply chain is all on them because they have no real world experience and they don't seem to be asking for any. This is bad stuff with no end right now. Because this administration won't even be honest about who's caused the problem and policies that could fix it. I will get into Ukraine the latest uh, from there and Russia's advancement. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. The invasion continues in Ukraine, and while the Russian military is certainly incapable in many, many respects, they're still doing a tremendous amount of damage. Tony Katz, 90, I was going to say, see, I, got, I was going to use my home station, 93 WIBC. I guess it's fine, but we call it Tony Katz today. We don't say 93 WIBC, but I do a morning show, and I get confused. I'll tell you what I'm not confused by. I don't see where Russia stops. And I don't see what I'm supposed to do with this off-ramp argument. I don't know what it is anymore. And I have no idea why in the world I would I would see uh, Putin taking it. Putin wants what he wants, and what he wants is victory. And right now, the conversation about these labs, oh, everybody's screaming about the labs. The fight between between um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard and Mitt Romney over the lab, I mean, it's unbelievable. Going back and forth because uh, Tulsi Gabbard said, look, there are 25 or more US funded biolabs in the United in, in Ukraine, which if breached would release and spread deadly pathogens to the US and to the world. It's it's a speech she gave or, or a video that she made. And Romney is like you're 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 a liar. A treasonous liar. And she's like, provide evidence what I said is untrue. And if you cannot do the honorable thing and apologize and resign from the Senate. 
may I may I just really quickly put this this ah, I just want to put this thing to bed. Number one, I have no doubt that there are labs in Ukraine. A biological research lab is different than a biological weapons research lab. And as we discussed last week, it doesn't mean that these labs aren't dealing with some things that could cause real problems. It doesn't mean that they're working on anthrax. But if if you're working on swine flu or something like COVID-19, we've seen the problems that it can create. There's no problem with us discussing that. The issue is this was all brought up by the Russians and then the Chinese to bring to the United Nations to distract. And I have no idea why people are getting into the distraction. Honestly, it's, 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 looking for the right word, without losing my job, we will stick with something like this. This, this can work. It's embarrassing. There we go. See, I told you that can work. It doesn't matter. It matters whether Russia is going to engage with Poland and therefore drag us in via NATO to some kind of military conflict. And that military conflict is going to be bad. Very, very bad. This is our question. How do we get this to stop? What levels of pressure can we continue to put on? And not just Russia. How about pressure on China to get Russia to stop? Because that could work. Right now, I don't see Putin stopping until he gets the Donbass and gets uh, uh, Zelensky killed. Getting Zelensky killed seemingly would kind of put an end to, to Ukraine. That guy seems to be holding it together just on sheer will. The labs part is just, to, to, we're going to actually fight about this? Because we're going to actually fight about this, we're absolutely ridiculous. What we need to be asking ourselves is, what are we prepared to do? Because the Russians are not stopping. The Russians are trying to take Kiev. The Russians are looking to take some other cities. They have an incompetent army, but incompetent armies can still be dangerous folk. Oh, and I should mention that Iran fired missiles at uh, into Iraq at, uh, at U.S. targets, including uh, the consulate. See, there's there's more going on than just Russia. So if we get involved in this ridiculous lab conversation, we're 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 the ones we're gonna lose. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. So Tom Brady's coming back to the Bucks, and the guy who bought that football got screwed with his pants on. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. 833-468-8669. Screwed. No, they said they're going to they're gonna make it right. How are they going to make it right? They're going to cancel the purchase. Is that right? That's what they said, yeah. So the the story is is that uh, Tom Brady he threw his uh, he threw his last uh, last uh, football he threw his last championship his last uh, touchdown that's it that's the word I'm looking for and uh, in doing so 
Um, uh, that ball it was worth bank. The last, the last touchdown Tom Brady will ever throw goes for five hundred, what, five hundred eighty thousand dollars? A lot of money, a lot of money. And then a couple hours later, he's like, ha, ha, "I'm coming back, suckers." So I did, I did not know they had, uh, they had made the decision to to cancel the purchase and save this guy from having a five hundred thousand dollar football that wouldn't be worth anything in the days ahead. I think the real question is why is he coming back? What's the what is the 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 push for Tom Brady uh to 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 come back and and and, and do this? You're addicted to winning. Okay. I I I see it differently. I see it as he spent 2 weeks at home retired with Giselle and said I can't do this. Yeah, he's addicted to football. He's addicted right? to winning. No, no, no. It was just there's too much on the honeydew list. He's like, you know what? Football's easier. That's my take. That is my official lazy poor man stereotype take, right there. I addicted to winning. I don't get. Oh, really? Addicted, uh, uh, wanting to compete, thinking I still have a little bit more to prove, which for him would be a weird thing. But what drives people? Right? What moves people? To um, to do the things that they do, and you realize that even if you're like, oh man, I would never do that. Oh, not me. Oh, I'd take the money. This is why he's different than you, right? He's different than you, and and I think that that that's the part that over the last couple of years, more than the earlier parts of his career, where it's like, okay, this doesn't make any sense, and you wanted to hate the guy. The winning was just annoying. Well, now you, you start to see the level of work that he's actually doing. And the level of work that he's doing is, is nuts. Absolutely, positively nuts. And there is something that you have to do. There, there is a level. I, was, I, I caught a part of an interview with, is it J.J. Redick? Yeah, the, uh, the basketball player, former right. basketball Yeah, yeah he, he retired. And his argument was that he heard somebody else saying, I, I, I can't keep, cheat the game. And that team's called, and they asked. The team's called, and they asked. He's like, maybe you don't get it. I can't do it anymore. I can't. I can't play and 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 do and practice at the way you need to, and able to be in in order to be able to perform at this level. I can't do it. Can't cheat the game. Now maybe um, it's more like I can't embarrass myself. And some people got to know when that moment is, because some people do embarrass themselves. Brady threw 42 touchdowns last year? 48 touchdowns last year? It was nuts. It was nuts. So he's not embarrassing himself. He's at the top of his game. The question before us is, do the Buccaneers now redo a contract to pay him even more? Was all of this nothing more than a negotiation tactic Right, I, not, I'm not a believer that all things are altruistic. Was the coming back to be able to to have worked out the deal to renegotiate a contract, and that renegotiated contract now puts him in the uh, in the Aaron Rodgers camp of money? You, you have to believe the Buccaneers would have paid him whatever he wanted to in the first place. That this that the fact that he retired and came back di- didn't decide for them, well, now we have to pay him more. They would have happily paid him whatever. He won a Super Bowl for them. 
Yes, yes. Uh, and so far uh, with, with their teams, both Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady with the Bucks have each won one Super Bowl for their team. That is, I mean, that's, tr- that's a true statement. That's a true statement. I uh, I have nothing against Aaron Rodgers. I don't know why. Like, just this whole year, I, I have been snarky towards the man. He has never done a thing wrong to me. He doesn't deserve any of my snark whatsoever. You just know you, you're trying to annoy me. Is that is that is it all because of you? That's my theory. Did you know that I, I filled out uh, my my first run at my bracket? Yeah, I I've had a rough draft as well. And so so this is not my official bracket. Of course, the NCAA bracket is out. I I'm gonna speak to uh, JMV from uh, 103.5, 97.5, the fan in Indianapolis, in in a, in a little bit, kind of break that down because I think IU having to play in is just one of the more ridiculous things ever. Uh, but I, I, I did my first round of this. This is not final, guys. This is not final. Ari, you did yours. Who was in your, your final four? I am for... not willing to reveal that at this time. Okay, I will reveal mine. This is not official. I want to say that for the record. This is not official. This is not my final, final four. This was a, okay, let me put this out there and then where my gut is and then go from there. So I, I have Gonzaga in North Carolina. Whoa, have, in your final four? In my final four. That's a sexy pick. And I have Villanova and Wisconsin. You know what, Tony? Honestly, that's not bad. I, I, I do not hate that at all. I think it's some good, good picks. And my championship game right now is Gonzaga and Wisconsin. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I, do, I have Gonzaga winning it all. I don't, I don't, sorry. Sorry, Wisconsin, I don't have it. So that's where I'm at right now. And I, I got to admit, I don't think I have too many um, picks that are just wild and and, and crazy uh, out there. UNC and Wisconsin, the Final Four, are pretty ambitious picks, right? Um, it's it's probably the North Carolina one because I have North Carolina beating Baylor, and then I have North Carolina beating Purdue, I, sending them to the Final I, Four. I can totally see it happening. No, you can't. You're just trying to take my money. How would I be taking your money? Because I know you. You're gonna be like, do you want to bet? No, no, I wouldn't bet on that. I don't think your pick is outrageous at all. I think nah. it, I think it's plausible. I do not think my my pick is outrageous at all either. And I think when Duke loses to Gonzaga and just watching the tears for Coach K, that's going to be the moment. That's going to be the moment. And that's going to get out of the way so you can focus on the final four. That's that's If I was writing the Hollywood script, bam, that's how i do it. I'd do it right there. Because Coach K has got to go out with a loss. I'm not going to get to that man either. But he can't go out with a win. It's too perfect. It's too perfect. He's got to go out with the L. It's got to be like, ah, oh, so close. But that, that's how I have it. The guy who I'm most impressed with right now in sports is Kevin Durant. Because Kevin Durant, well, first he went on a tear against the Knicks. Like, that's any big deal. He scored 53 against the Knicks. It was pretty impressive. That's not the story. The story is what he said next. Because while he's doing this, playing for the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving is in the stands. Kyrie Irving plays for the Brooklyn Nets, except because of the nonsense rules of New York, he's not allowed to play. So there's Kyrie in the stands, and Durant scoring 53, and he's being a bit of an egomaniac about it. And then he says, it's ridiculous. I don't understand it at all when asked about uh, Irving. There's a few people in our arena that's unvaxxed, right? They lifted all of that in our arena, right? So I don't get it. 
I don't get it, he says. It just feels like at this point now somebody's trying to make a statement or a point to flex their authority. But everybody out here is looking for attention, and that's what I feel like the mayor wants right now is some attention. But he'll figure it out soon. He better. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Because it's the the, the further exposing of the ridiculousness of the policies. Because the policies are ridiculous. And they don't keep people safe. It's nonsense. And And it was put out there. As a way of, 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 of virtue signaling, look at us. Look what kind of good we're doing. There's no good being done. Of course Kyrie should be back to playing. You've got Google that allows people back to work if they're not vaccinated. You've got United, United Airlines that allows people back to work if they're not vaccinated. Kyrie can't play? Nonsense. Now a guy who shouldn't play is Colin Kaepernick. With all the things going on in the quarterback world, we talk about, you know, Tom Brady going back to the Bucks. that certainly, that's a team now that isn't looking for a quarterback, so that means you've got more quarterbacks for the teams that are looking. Kaepernick puts out a tweet. For the past five years, I've been working out and staying ready in case an opportunity to play presented itself. I'm really grateful to my trainer, who I've been throwing to all this time. But man... Do I miss throwing to professional route runners? Who's working? I will pull up. Colin Kaepernick has a special on Netflix. Have you seen it, Producer Ari? No, I wasn't really interested. Yeah, neither am I. But I'll tell you something he does in that special on Netflix. He makes a comparison. And in that special, he compares the NFL to slavery and compares the selection of athletes at the draft and other things to uh, a slavery auction block. Who the hell is going to work with this guy? He's out of his mind crazy. He's out of his mind. Why would he think that anybody wants to be a part of what it is he's putting out there? Who wants the hassle? Who wants the heartache? And let me say something else. Why are you asking who will do the uh who will do the uh you know the, the workout? Why not just start showing up? Here's what I would do. This this would be me. If I wanted back in the NFL, like, like for example, if I was going to give advice to Johnny Menzel, who I can't believe has washed out of the NFL. I can't. Now, maybe he just doesn't have the mind. Maybe he'll never grow up enough. He's playing in, like, some, like, high-paying rec league. It's crazy. Johnny Menzel, if he wanted back in the NFL. Never mind, uh, you know, the statements of contrition, this, that, and the other. No. What you do is you ask, certainly you start. And you ask each team, can I come do a workout? Then they don't respond. So then you just start doing workouts in the parking lot. You just start doing workouts in the parking lot. You start throwing to people in the parking lot of every training camp there is. 
Where does the coach live? You start doing tra- uh, workouts right there on their front lawn. You work with your trainer. I don't know. You're doing squats. I don't know what you got to do. You're throwing, and you're throwing, and you're throwing. You're a defensive end. You want back in the NFL. You're blocking. You're working on your pass rush. You show them every single way possible. Until they arrest you for loitering, you keep working out. Now, there are ways to do this wrong. Sean Young thinking she could be Catwoman was a way to do that wrong. By the way, who is expecting the Sean Young Catwoman reference? No? No one? Yeah, I get to keep my job. Colin Kaepernick wants to show, start showing. You've got a, a, a camera on your phone and YouTube. Start showing. What do you need an invitation for? Last time you got invited, you decided it wasn't good enough. You went somewhere else and only half the crowd saw you. Because you didn't want it. Because you lie. You don't want this. You want it handed to you, but you don't want this. You want other teams to get out of your way and lay down so you can throw touchdowns. Because after all, if you don't get a Super Bowl, I can only imagine what kind of bigotry that's all about. You think of cops as pigs and you wear them on your socks. You've engaged in some of the most hateful, barbaric language. You call the NFL owners slave owners. And you don't even have the decency to just show up and start? Just start practicing. Just start working out. Do it right there, right there in the in the parking lot. Show them. When I was first applying for jobs, my father had a theory. And he said, put the resume on neon paper. What do you put the... You don't, no one puts a resume on neon paper. What the hell? They'll see it. They're not going to hire you anyway, right? At least this way they'll see it. Maybe they'll remember you for the future. Man wasn't wrong. In a world full of these things, how do you stand out? Colin Kaepernick doesn't need to stand out. He stands out. People knows who they know who he is, and that's part of the problem. They know who he is as the awful, bigoted activist, not as a dedicated athlete who really wants back. And he isn't willing to do the work to show him. So next, I'm Tony Katz. There are a few people as low as Alec Baldwin because as last week ended, he filed papers, not only denying any responsibility for shooting Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer on the movie set, Rust, he killed her. Not only does he deny responsibility, but he actually blamed her for giving him the directions that led to the shooting saying that this one didn't didn't check the gun, this one gave me the gun, and she's the one who said, point it right at me. And then he claims he didn't fire the weapon. 
Remember, he told uh, George Stephanopoulos months ago, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull the trigger at them. Never. Except he's now claiming in the documents that he did. That Helena Hutchins asked for uh, the, the gun to be pointed at her? No, the reality is he never expected the husband of Helena Hutchins to sue. He never expected to be this much, not to use a pun, under the gun. He never expected the people not to love him. He expected to Alec Baldwin his way out of the thing. He's a lowlife. And you know what? He's going to be able to keep working. I'd rather see Jesse Smollett back in movies and TV than Alec Baldwin. So that's saying something. More to come. I'm Tony Katz.